Business leaders today need to go beyond meetings and management. There are action steps that nearly every leader needs to know to align with their core values and get the important priorities done. Welcome to the Grow Forward Today podcast with Paul D. Casey. Whether you're just starting out as a leader in your organization or have been a seasoned professional who wants to explore new ideas and practices, this will be an enlightening and highly applicable program. And now, your host, Paul Casey. You are in the matrix and you have the opportunity to take the red pill. Do you take it and dive into the dreams you've only imagined? Today in episode 52 of the Grow Forward Today podcast, you'll meet my guest, Jerome Myers. Jerome is making things happen for individuals and leaders who are ready to bust out and live life to the fullest, but without the burnout of overachievement. Tune into his inspirational wisdom in this episode to bolster your personal leadership development. Ready to grow forward? Welcome, friends. When I feel flustered, I need to get back to my center. My faith is a huge part of that grounding process for me since it's my foundational core values. So prayer to my God and Bible reading to grasp his wisdom, that's a key. Then it's my healthy routines, getting seven to eight hours of sleep, getting cardio and weights fitness time, doing my daily preview of tasks and review of wins in my day and in my week. And to be transparent, cleaning my desk helps me to feel like my world is in order. Finally, I'd say I light up my day by lighting someone else's torch so they can better see their path forward. And I love doing that. My guest today is Jerome Myers. Here's a little bit about Jerome. He guides apex leaders across industries by first teaching them to focus on creating centered lives. As a leadership coach, he guides his mentees to focus on impact and significance so that they can be change agents in their homes communities, and organizations. Someone on Jerome's team reached out to me, letting me know he'd appeared on over 75 podcasts last year. So I'm thinking he'd be a great guest on mine. So welcome, Jerome. So good to be with you, Paul. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So Jerome, what is an apex leader? And why, no matter who you're coaching, do you start with focusing on them creating centered lives? Yeah, so uh, apex leader, somebody who's top of the game. I adapted the apex predator that we hear ah, often yeah, okay. talked about, <laughs> whether it's you know top of the food chain. And I, but for me, I thought it was really important for folks to get the point. And the point is simply this: when you're at the top of the game, when you're the best, it usually is lonely. There's a lot of people who don't understand what's going on, and No matter how good it is, we all have challenges. We all have struggles. We all have desires to go to the next level. The thing that's different when you're at the top, though, is who do you talk to? Mm -hmm. Because there aren't many people who get it. And what we found is that the apex performers that we spend the most time with are usually loners. They usually don't have many people around them. And the people that are around them are coming to them to get something. So we call them source. And so when we talk about a centered life, it's really poking at all the people who are asking for balance. See, here's the thing. If you are in balance and let's take a scale, for example, what's a balanced scale say? Zero. (laughs) If you stand up and you put your feet even and you balance the weight on them and you try to take a step, can you move? (laughs) No. 
And so for these Apex performers, neither one of those things is okay. They want their weight felt. They want to make progress. And the way that you can do that is by being centered. You're not off balance. You're centered. And it's just a totally different shift. And we don't actually think it's just semantics. We think there's real difference in what we're speaking about when we bring in a centered life. And what would be an example, Jerome, of someone like uh, maybe off-center in their leadership and someone that would be on center in their leadership? So off center, they put a mask on when they go into work. Uh, They're a different person in the different environments they go into. So somebody that's on center is the same person at home as they are in the workplace, as they are in the community, as they are at the ball game. They don't feel like they have to be a chameleon and adapt and change to the environment that they're in because they've done the work to present their best self to the world without any reservations or hesitations. Yeah, and that's integrity, isn't it? Same on the outside, same on the inside. Authenticity is a word that's being thrown around a lot, but that's Mm -hmm. what authenticity truly is. It's your ability to show up. And not be concerned about whether you're going to be judged or some of the other things that cause us to shrink back and disappear. And yet there's pressure for leaders being at the top to probably put on a facade that's not authentic because, well, I I should probably ask you, why do you think a lot of leaders put on the facade instead of being authentic? They think they have to be a certain way in order to be a leader. They Mm -hmm. are trying to be, and it it was funny because I I heard this thing like six or seven years ago, and it stuck with me since. It's like, I'm not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am. I am who you think I, who I think you think I am. (laughs) That's right. Right. So (laughs) I don't even know who you think I am. I just think that you think something about me. And I try to show (laughs) up and give that to you. It's absolutely ludicrous. And in the end, exhausting. And here's the thing that I know, and I know it very well, Paul, the people who have actually been on the other side of wherever you are can see every chink in the armor that you were (laughs) trying to put on. And here's the thing. Those are the people that you don't want to fool because they're the ones that can help you. Right. But you're when they see you pretending, they don't want to engage. They need you to be vulnerable. They need the actual authenticity so they feel comfortable coming to meet you in the space that you're in. (laughs) So good. So good. I am who I think you think I am. (laughs) It's hard to say it, but I get it. I totally get it. And yeah, it sort of reminds me of, um, you know, I think it was a John Maxwell thing many years ago where he said leaders tend to tell him like, well, I'm not going to tell anybody my weaknesses. You know, I, I can't, I can't show the chinks in my armor. And he would say, they already know. <laughs> they already know. It's kind of like when you, you sweat in your armpits and you got the little ring on your shirt and you think nobody can see it if you hold your arms down. But eventually it's inevitable. You're going to move and they're going to see the stay. So just accept it. And then from there, because they know they can trust you. Because you're willing to not try to hide things from them that they can see, that that creates trust. And that is what allows the organizations to move at the speed of light. Oh, so good. I love that metaphor of the armpits. <laughs> What'd you guys talk about your podcast? Well, you know, spots under the armpits. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, impact insignificance. I can't think of two more important outcomes for any leader. In your experience, Jerome, what percentage of those you coach literally have those two outcomes as their big why, as opposed to maybe some other outcome? What's funny is we filter based on that. And so if the goal is just to make more money, we're not a good fit. If the goal is just to get in better shape, we're not a good fit. We found that people are chasing one F, freedom. And that usually is tied to some financial target. But what happens shortly after they hit the target is they say, well, what was it all for? And is this really it? Mm. And when they start asking those two seeking questions, we know that they're getting ready to start their journey into significance, which is level six of our model. And so what does significance look like? It's immortality, which is what I've wanted since I was a kid. It's the legacy that most people talk about. It's the ability to impact others in a positive way. And not just in your household, but in the community at large. And hopefully you do it at scale. And so this is what we truly believe the magic is. And it's why we're actually placed here on this planet. All this other stuff is very frivolous and surface. But when we can get down to the core of improving the human condition with our gifts and our abilities, and we do it out of abundance instead of obligation, things get very special. Mm-hmm. So good. You mentioned you have a model of the different stuff. Do you mind just walking us through that real quick? Yeah. So to make it really simple for folks, we, we help people move through four different I call them categories, and then we can come back to the actual levels afterwards if you want to dive deeper. So the first thing we believe that has to happen is you reduce stress. And people may be like, why, why reduce stress? Well, when you have stress that you don't deal with, you start doing self-destructive habits to numb or reduce or take the edge off. I, I haven't ever heard of somebody going to do yoga or meditate when they say they need to take the edge off, right? It's usually they're going to go sip something. They're going to go <laughs> eat something sugary. They're uh-huh. going to go gamble or do something dangerous, right? But those habits that we use to numb negatively impact our health. Yep. And so once we turn down the stress, then we want to help people improve their health because we're not going negative anymore. There's, we're neutral and that allows us to go positive. From health, we move to prosperity. I think everybody knows somebody who had money and gave all their money back in order to try to get their health. And so we don't get excited about people going backwards. We want people to continue to elevate. And so we go from health to prosperity. And that's when most people think they've arrived, right? We call this self-actualization. So when you have the prosperity, you have this flexibility, you have some freedom, right? And we believe prosperity isn't just financial, but it's time and it's treasures. I've watched our time, talent, and treasures. I've watched a lot of people, a lot of people feel like, oh, well, I made money. And they think that they're prosperous, but they don't have any time. Mm -hmm. How can you be prosperous if you have money, but no time? And so when they end up in that state, we call that unrested, right? Because they don't actually have the leisure time and they're not truly free at that point. But if you can get the magical, uh, if you think about a Venn diagram with three circles, time, talent, treasures, and you can get the overlap of those three circles, that's when you hit prosperity. From there, we want to help people move to that significance level. 
right? And so we call that legacy. We call that significance in the categories. We call it legacy because it's a more commonly adopted term. Mm -hmm. Now, if I go back to the bottom, stress is broken up into three levels or yeah, three levels, three different sections. The first one is self-image. So the internal conflict is the thing that creates the majority of the stress in our life, even though most of us don't actually acknowledge that or want to deal with it. (laughs) We always want to change the stuff outside instead of working on the inside. But we believe that step one is to work on yourself. Yeah, nobody raises their hand and goes, I'm anxious today. (laughs) No, not at all. Not at all. Then step two is relationships or level two is relationships. And so fix a relationship with yourself. Now we're going to fix a relationship with other people. From there, level three is work. And so those three things, and we've been talking about it for a while and nobody's came and argue with me. I like to argue. So maybe somebody will after listening to this episode are the things that create the stress in your life. Those three, the relationships, your relationship with yourself and your work. If we can control, if we can turn down the stress in those spaces, the rest of the stuff gets very easy quickly. Yeah, so good. And I bet you've got some habits. Uh, when I was reading a little bit more about you, you've got some secret habits, and don't make them secret, Jerome. You got, you got, you got to bring it out, bring it out. We're here. holding out, man. <laughs> I want to, I want them to, of course, access all of your stuff. But you, you got to tease us today with some high performance habits to get the most out of life. So lay a few on us. Yeah, I think the first one is we'll just go to level one, right? Self image. So. When's the last time you've actually taken a step back and thought about the programming that has happened in your life? And most people are going to be offended by that. They're going to say they're not programmed. They call it TV program, radio program, and just about anything else you consume can be called a program. When's the last time you took a step back and thought about whether or not you actually believe what was downloaded on you? Why does that matter, Jerome? Well, Say you've got a computer program and you wrote a document. You print the document out and then you read the document and you notice there's an error. So you pull out the whiteout and you make the adjustment on the document, the actual printed out document. You go do whatever you're going to do with it. You come back and you print the document again. Is the error still there on the new print? (laughs) It is. Right. And it's going to be there every time you print it, unless you go back to the program or the original, right, the original creation Mm -hmm. and change that. And so whatever you're getting in your life is based on the program that you're running. It's based on what you told the program to do. And if you don't like that outcome, you got to go back to the program because the program informs the thoughts, the thoughts informs the beliefs, the Mm -hmm. beliefs inform the actions. Yep. The actions is what creates the life. So we'll go there, right? Step one is, hey, let's check the program. Let's make sure the program is right. Now, we'll go up to level two and and dig into relationships because I think this is probably one of the most impactful things that anybody can do. So I want everybody there. If you're not ready to do it right now, do it later. Once you pull out a piece of paper and I want you to draw a half square, Right. I want you to draw the down line on the left and the bottom line on the going to the right on the bottom. All right. On the bottom, I want you to write capacity. On the side, I want you to write contribution. 
and uh, the bottom half of it, like zero, zero in the corner. And then there's 10 at the end of either one of those lines. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now in the five in the middle to make it easy. All right. So now I want you to think about the five people you spend the most time with. The five people you spend the most time with. And I want you to think about their capacity to help you get the next thing in your life. And this, you're rating them on a scale of one to 10. And I also want you to think about the ability for them to contribute to whatever you're working on, whatever you're striving for and achieving. Zero, five, 10. I want you to plot those people based on that. So you go over on the left. This person is amazing. They can, they have all the capacity in the world and they have all the time in the world to contribute. So they would be a 10 and a 10. So they would end up in the upper right-hand quadrant of this graph. If somebody doesn't have a whole lot to contribute, they would probably end up closer to the bottom left. And Mm -hmm. so people have more time. Some people have more capacity. And if you write them out, and we'll give you a couple of seconds here to just write them out. You just get their first name or their first initial on there. And once you have them on there, I want you to draw the rest of the box. So complete the outline of the box. And then I want you to take five on the left axis and the five on the bottom. I want you to draw a line straight across from that five. And so we should have those letters or those names into four separate boxes at this point. Everybody may be in one box or maybe there's only two boxes being used, but usually there's a distribution across the four boxes. You got that, Paul? I see mm, you doing it. it with me. Yep, I'm doing okay. it. So do you have anybody that's in the upper right box? I do, yes. You do? Mm-hmm. Is the majority of your people in the upper right box? I would say it uh, looks like I've got two of the five in the upper right box. Okay. So those people you have a mutually beneficial relationship with. They can do things for you. See, the foregone conclusion when we do this is that you are somebody that's of high contribution and high value to the folks that you're in close proximity with, right? So you're giving, we're looking, we're doing an inventory check to make sure that they're giving back to you. So those folks are mutually beneficial. Do you have anybody that is in the bottom right quadrant? I have one over there. One person there, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. on the bottom, we have capacity. On the side, we have contribution, right? So yep. this person has high capacity, but they're yes. not contributing much, right? Right, because of a time issue with their calendar, they yep. can't give back yep. as much. And so what we would say is that relationship is underutilized. Mm-hmm. You're not getting everything that you can out of it because they're not contributing to you at a high level. And that's okay. We just want to be aware of that. Do you have anybody that's in the upper left-hand quadrant? I have uh, one there. Excuse me. I, I mixed them up. I got one in the high contribution, uh, excuse me, the high capacity, and oh, now, now I've set them backwards. But one that doesn't have quite as much time but has high capacity, and I have another one in the other opposite corner. Okay. Now, that person that has high co- contribution and low capacity We call those relationships uninspiring. Mm. They don't have the ability to help us go to that next level, (laughs) but they're eager beavers. They're ready to jump in and do what we need done. 
and there's a space for those folks, but the relationship isn't mutually beneficial at times because they don't have the skill set that we need to help us go to that next level. True. And then this is the one where people get stuck. It's low capacity and low contribution. We call these relationships draining because they can't match what you're mm-hmm. offering to them. Yep. And so we encourage folks to sever those relationships, make them not in your top five because mm-hmm. it is draining. It yep. is pulling you away from getting to where you need to go. If you, especially if you want to take it to the next level mm-hmm. for the ones that are uninspiring, right? They have high contribution and uh, low capacity. capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Low contribution or high contribution and low capacity. These folks, we want to see if there's a way to get them upskilled, to see if there's a way to move them over. The goal is to get people moved over into the mutually beneficial column. And if they can't, if they don't have the ability to move to there, then we want to try to move them out so that we create space for other mutually beneficial people to come into our lives. Mm -hmm. This combined with you checking your programming is the things that will have the biggest incremental change in your life. They will make a dramatic difference in the way your life looks today versus when it looks five years from now. Mm -hmm. We could keep going up the models, but just those two things with your listeners today, if they can do that, have awareness of what's happening with their relationships and start making adjustments around that, light years difference in six months. Yeah. And you've got to take the time and quiet to actually reflect on that and stop putting your head down. Just keep working every day without once in a while getting a tune up. And uh, my, my, I do a uh, monthly preview review uh, with myself, give myself a personal retreat uh, once a month. And this is the time where you do, you get up in that upper level and you look and say, what's working, what's not working. And it's, it's a pretty deep question when you talk about people's programming I mean, those were some times in my life where it was like, wow, this is not serving me, um, but I've been told this my entire life. And uh, it took, it's almost like uh, static cling. You know, you have, I wrote a book called The Static Cling Principle. When you pull it apart, there's electricity, right? It's like it wants to stay together and stay on your life, but you've got to pull that puppy apart. 1,000%. And most people are scared of that. Right. It's sure. intimidating. It's intimidating to think about changing your relationships. But what I want people to realize is the majority of your relationships are formed solely on pro- proximity. Mm. You didn't intentionally go find these people to be a part of your life. You didn't intentionally recruit these folks to help you on the mission that you're <laughs> on. Just think about that. Your life, you get one of them. And you're not going through and intentionally seeking out people with specific skill sets to be a part of this journey. But now you can after you have done the work that you just said, because I know I have joined like a high level mastermind group this year because I knew something was missing at the beginning of the year. I wanted to be on around entrepreneurs that were up leveling their game. And when I hang around that group, oh, my goodness, it takes you up because they're high capacity and high contribution. And I want to fill my life with those folks and call them my personal board of directors, right? <laughs> thousand percent, man. And, you know, one of the great things about being in those communities is the things that we think are fixed or true may not be. And you got folks who can come in and challenge that. 
<laughs> you got folks that can come in and provide you social proof that that isn't real. And here's the example of it actually being something else. And then you've got to choose between accepting that new reality or staying in a space in a place that you've been in for however long you've been there. Yeah, absolutely. They they will poke at something I've been doing forever. And it's sort of mind blowing. You know, it's just sort of like, whoa. They'll be like, Paul, no, 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 stop doing that. You know, and I'm just like, wait, this has been successful. It's gotten to me where I am today. And they're like, no, but it's not going to scale to the next level if you just keep doing that. And boy, you leave tired from those conversations, but it's so good. It's so rich to have people speak into your life because they care about you and they want you to go to the next level. Another example, so I run a couple of mastermind groups myself. And yesterday I had two visitors uh, that came to the group. And uh, one guy was talking about an employee issue. Everybody spoke into him. And he was just like, man, at the end, he's like, man, I, I know I should have been doing this. But when you all spoke into it, I just realized that I was, I had sort of dulled my senses toward employees being the number one asset in my company. But I needed you all to say that in order to get there. So I'm joining this group. And I was like, yes. <laughs> Lock them in. Got a new one. <laughs> So that, that was so awesome to do that. So you can choose your personal board of directors, but you do have to, like you said, maybe sever some relationships or up-level some other relationships. So they are in that upper right quadrant. Man, that is, that is such good stuff. I'll also put a book plug in for uh, the book, High Performance Habits. It's uh, people, I, so I read, I read 60 books this year. I hit number 60 yesterday mm-hmm. and uh, all in personal development and leadership. I don't say that to brag. It's just, I've just sort of fallen into that. And I love it so much on Audible, you know, on my local library app, uh, on the, uh, and paper copies. And uh, that was one of my top reads last year. So I'll, I'll plug that one. Hey, let's take a quick break. You are listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast on the Voice America Business Channel. You can contact me on LinkedIn. I'm Paul D. Casey. Don't just do Paul Casey because he's a professional golfer and I'm just a duffer. So Paul D. Casey or Growing Forward Services. And you can reach my guest Jerome Myers on his LinkedIn at Coach Jerome Myers. That's M-Y-E-R-S. And we're going to be back after the break. We're going to keep picking Jerome's brain. We're going to talk a little bit about burnout. We're going to talk a little bit about empowering dreams and having people get to your potential. So stick around. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. If you're a manager or supervisor trying to keep your team and yourself engaged, motivated, and accomplishing goals, then you want to check out Bullseye, Paul Casey's membership community for team leaders, coming alongside you to achieve confidence and success in leading your team. Within Bullseye, 
There are plug-and-play forms and tools, inspirational audios to pump you up, team player videos to play in staff meetings, icebreakers for your one-to-ones, and, of course, interaction with Paul and other industry team leaders to chat about how to solve the problems you are wrestling with. Paul will bring on live experts once a month to answer your questions on their expertise, and he will ping you twice a week via text to encourage you in your pursuit of your goals. Finally, there is a resource for anyone who supervises others and wants to develop their potential. Check out Bullseye to find out more and subscribe today for the best rates they'll ever be at growingforwardservices.net. That's growingforwardservices.net. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast. If you'd like to know more about Paul Casey or our program, please visit his website at growingforwardservices.net. Now, back to Grow Forward Today. Welcome back to the Grow Forward Today podcast. I'm with my guest, Jerome Myers, who had me drawing on my paper here about contribution and capacity and putting our fist of five, as, I, as I've heard people call it, the five people you're hanging around with, and are they in the upper right quadrant? That was pretty cool. Thanks, Jerome, for that. Now let's talk a little bit about burnout. Um, you talked about how Apex uh, leaders, top performers, uh, they're lonely at the top, and oftentimes they suffer from burnout. Um, it's uh, the enemy of entrepreneurs and leaders. And uh, you say, and I would agree, that balance isn't the way to fight off burnout. Why do you, why would you say that? And then what makes someone a little bit more burnout proof? Ooh, so burnout proof, let's go there first okay. because I think that one is probably more yes. challenging than the other. Yes. And so burnout proof is really tied to you being you, right? We talked about authenticity earlier. Mm-hmm. We talked about putting on the mask. We talk, talked about pretending. What we didn't talk about, and we probably should have, is level three, which is the work. And so when you're doing something you're not passionate about because it pays you well, you're guaranteed to burn out. Mm. Say it again. Say it again. again. That was so good. (laughs) When you're doing something that you're not passionate about, but because it pays well, you're guaranteed to burn out. Mm. The person who's paying you well is demanding a high level of delivery from you. But internally, you're not motivated to do this. We found that people, when they really want to have inspired work, there's four eyes. There's the inspiration or interest, right? (coughs) There's impact, there's income, (coughs) and there's influence. You got to have all four of those for work to be really rewarding. When one of those things is missing, you find yourself beginning to burn, especially if it's the interest or the inspiration to do it. And so when you're inspired, you can't burn out because you get energy, you get fed from doing it. And this is loops back into level two, where we're talking about people being draining versus mutually beneficial. So what happens many times with apex performers is they are source for everybody. We talked about that earlier but they start trying to pour from an empty cup 
because they haven't created an ecosystem where they're getting poured into. You talked about the gentleman that was at your mastermind. Mm-hmm. That was probably the first time this year where he had a room full of people pour into him. Yes. Right. And the craziest thing about all of this is many times these visionaries don't even have that support at home. Their spouse isn't supportive. They're off yep. doing their own thing. Yep. They're siblings aren't supportive because they knew the old person. And so they question whether or not the person that's here can actually deliver on the promises that are being made. And so what we have to do, we've got to do work that's inspiring or that we're interested in. We've got to be surrounded by people who pour into us. Those two things will protect you from the burnout. Oh, that, that's great stuff. Uh, Cause you think, or, or someone might think that it's just, I got too much on my plate. I got too much to do. And that's the thing leading to burnout. And you're like, no, 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 no. It's because I could take on more things that I love. And there's a good chance that I will rise to that occasion because I love it so much. I've got interest and inspiration in that. Now, probably at some level, you reach the point of like, okay, I got, I got overload syndrome going on. But that's not necessarily the formula. The formula is you got to be passionate about it. No, so good. So the relationships you surround yourself with, hope everyone's got that written down, and then the interest and the passion that you have. And I like those four eyes too, Jerome. So interest, inspiration, plus impact, which to me, I, I think of the big why, like is, is this mm-hmm. producing something, that legacy you're talking about, plus income, it's not just a hobby. And then influence. <clears throat> so cool. I also get the feeling you're an empower of dreams, my friend. So a dream is just a dream without blank. What would you say? <laughs> the plan. You the gotta plan. have a plan. <laughs> so what we found, man, is there's there's three S's that keep people from achieving whatever they set out to do. And one of those is strategy. Right, strategy or plan. I think those words can be interchangeable for the most part. Mm-hmm. And so, what we we see is that when somebody has an incomplete or in a depth plan, strategy, they give up. They realize it's not workable. They realize that they're not going to get to where they want to go, and so they turn around and. The, the way we think about that dream being realized is it's walking out of a jungle into a desert chasing paradise. And those that have a poor strategy, right? They don't have the map. They don't have the stuff, the rations in their backpack. They don't have a vehicle if that's part of their way to get to where they want to go. They die in the desert or they turn around and go back into the jungle. They never actually make it to the oasis that gives them the break that they need in order to make it to paradise. Mm. So we really want to help people with their strategy. And we think it's one of the best things that we're able to do is help people craft those plan strategies, looking at the roadblocks, because most people don't want to talk about that stuff. They just want to talk about, hey, I'm going to go from A to B. (laughs) But in order for you to go from A to B, the most important thing you need is A. You got to know exactly where you're at. Right. The plan is just like the GPS giving you directions to where you want to go. And you need a comprehensive set of data 
uh, inventory of the resources that are available to you, among other things, that will allow you or hinder you from getting to where you want to go. And people don't want to focus on the hindering part, right? That, that's negative. You're a dream killer. No, we want you to mitigate those deficiencies and then move forward because then nothing can stop you. So true. <clears throat> when I'm trying to help clients come up with strategies, I bring out the storyboard tool. You've probably seen something like this, you know, or, you know, if you're in movies, they've got storyboards where they, they show what happens in each scene. If you're a video videographer, you probably do this with your clients. Uh, and you got the goal or the dream, you put it in the bottom right-hand box, and then you've got a bat reverse engineer into that, the five steps to get to that to that dream. It's it's the plan. It's the strategy, like you said. And what I find is people do get stalled, just like you said, without knowing what that next step is. And the next step has to be pretty, I'm not going to say easy, but it's got to be obvious and it's got to be strategic to get towards the end or they stall and they're like, I don't know what, what's next. And we all stall somewhere in our life, right? We, we all get stuck. And usually it is because we don't know what that very next step is. So that planner strategy is huge. I love your uh, Ill, uh, your metaphor of the desert. Like, okay, I'm going to need a vehicle. I'm probably going to need some provisions. Probably need to know the destination where the uh, where the oasis is. These are all parts of our strategy to be successful. With uh, with are. the with the leaders you coach, um, what are a lot of dreams that you hear them say? That you have to develop the strategy to then get there. What are a lot? Of, what are a lot of people gunning for? I think most people are gunning for the, their life to matter. Yeah. So it starts out right. Every I think every entrepreneur, well, maybe not every, but most most guys for sure, they come <laughs> up with the idea. They go do the search for exotic car, and then they go start the business. Right, and they <laughs> the time between starting the business and the exotic car. It can be as long or as short as you make it, depending on how good your execution is. But the, the point is that vanishes, that disappears. And what they're really looking for at the end of it is for this work that they've dedicated their life to, to matter. Mm-hmm. For people's, if their heart's in the right place, for people's lives to have improved because of the work that they've done. Mm-hmm. They've yeah. solved some problems for people that they couldn't have solved on their own. Mm-hmm which is the best feeling in the world, isn't it? That's why we do what we do. <laughs> it's so good. I have one of those people in that upper right box for me, uh, you know, asked me about my business, how things are going, you know, and then so I'm telling with the successes and stuff. And he's like, in service of what? And I'm like, wait, what? He's like, in service of what? Like, so what's, what's the, like the grander goal? What's the, what's the bigger? So if you become even more and more successful, Paul, what are you going to do with that money? You know, what, what are you going to support? Are you going to start an orphanage? You know, are you going to, and so he started like creating this bigger, um, this bigger future that made me go, okay, my next monthly retreat, I'm going to start thinking even bigger of uh, when I get to that place, then what do I do? It's good stuff. You know, we're all bundles of potential for some, that's where it stays, <laughs> just, just potential. And that potential dies with them. But not GFT listeners, right, y'all that are listening today. What would you say, Jerome, is a key to unlocking potential, to make it go from, yeah, there's so much that I could do, and I do actually have some skills, 
some knowledge, some passion behind that, and then putting it into action. What's what's that? What's that key to unlock that potential? Yeah, is doing the math. So everybody's got this idea, this thing, this concept they want to do, mm-hmm. but it's not real until you actually do the math to figure out what it's going to take to get it done. So if you want to do pull-ups and you want to break the pull-up record and you need to do 5,000 pull-ups within 24 hours in order to break the record, well, you divide the 5,000 by 24 and then you divide it by 60 and you figure out how many pull-ups you got to do in a minute in order to make the record. Then you can train against that to see if you can actually meet the milestone. Every decision we make is a math problem at some point. And then there's probably an emotional component that we can choose or not choose to override what the math dictates that we should do. And this right here is where I think people really gain the control or the agency in their life. When they can say, my gut says something different than what the math says, but I know what the math says. And when you get into actually going forth to make the potential reality, you can make the adjustment because it will, when you go on the path, it will confirm the assumptions that you made or it will refute them. And if you find that all of your assumptions were correct and you're getting the outcome that you did not desire because you follow the emotion instead of the math, you will be able to course correct and get back on the path that you probably should have been on from the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. So emotions can be helpful in pursuing a goal and they can be, they can be a hindrance in a goal. Would you agree? 1000%. Because if they, um, you sort of need some emotional tie in to pursue a goal because you have to be interested in it, right? You've got to, it can't be a should goal. Uh, I like to say, like, don't should all over me, right? Because those goals are just guilt-laden uh, goals. So you've got to have some emotion that will kick you into gear. But like you said, if it's just going on the gut, the intuition, and you start moving along the path, it's going to confirm or deny you're on the right path. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing that I think a lot of people miss. If I'm driving from North Carolina to California, I know I need to get on 40 West regardless of which part of California I'm going to. (laughs) And as I get closer, I can hone in on the city, which may change the road that I take. And then when I get to the city, then I can probably work on the street. And then once I get on the street, I can work on the house number. I don't need to know the exact address when I know that I'm going to in a specific direction get going and know that the path will be revealed to you when you're closer to the destination. So you would recommend take action, like just put the plan into motion and then we can iterate after that because other things are going to reveal themselves as we get closer, but you got to take action if you want to actually realize your potential. If you, if you don't take action, it will always be a dream. And the fastest way to find out if the assumptions that you made are correct is to do the experiment. 
you have to do the experiment and know that it's an experiment so that you don't get your feelings hurt Ooh. when you find out that your plan yeah. was wrong. Because yeah. it doesn't matter how good your plan is, there's going to be something that you didn't anticipate. Right. There's going to be something that changes. And you've got to be fluid enough in that to make adjustments. I'll call them on the fly, even though I know it's a whole lot more deliberate. Mm-hmm. Got to be fluid enough. That is so true. I don't know if you've you've ever tried to start a business your own way that didn't work out. I know I have. And uh, yeah, you know, it's like at the front end, you didn't see any of the stuff that was going to be the ultimate obstacle that led to the demise of that idea moving forward. But boy, you learned a lot of lessons that that help you in the next business that, that you try to start, but you don't know that on the front end. And if you, uh, what's, what's the, the phrase, like if you over invest in the outcome, if you, if you go all in with your emotions and don't see it as an experiment, you're going to be boy disappointed to the max <laughs> with that. Right. Disappointment, <laughs> disheartened, frustrated. We can run down the list, man, if you want. I, I can pull up the source.com because you're going to feel all the things. You know, I was talking to a buddy earlier this week and I said, man, how are you doing? And he said, you know, that is one of the hardest questions for me to answer. I said, what are you talking about? He said, I feel all of the emotions and I feel almost all of them at the same time. I was like, ooh. And I was like, you're right. And he's like, yeah, some of us, some, so many people are just trying to force this one, one feeling. I'm good. I'm great. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's exceptional. It's phenomenal. But that doesn't work. That's not reality. If we come back to the authenticity conversation, like there's going to be things that aren't working out exactly right. as we planned. And leaders have to be optimists. So we're not we're not saying like be a Debbie Downer, but you also uh, to be authentic. You have to say like that that sucked. You know, <laughs> I didn't really enjoy that last experience. And your people will relate to your authentic feeling. Now, of course, then you're going to pivot at some level, and you're going to try to turn and say, "Hey, how can we how can we salvage this, or um, how can we turn something good out of something bad?" Right? Leaders need to be able to do that. But when you're authentic and saying like that was awful. Uh, that customer screaming at our employee was not good thing. They're going to be like, okay, you get it. You get us. And now I want to follow you even more. Well, I noticed on your website, you're in a t-shirt, Jerome, that says, I took the red pill. That's <laughs> so I sort of yeah. started with that today. So uh, obviously a matrix reference. What does that mean for you and maybe for others? Yeah. So the model for a centered life, the six levels, self-image, relationship, work, health, prosperity, and significance that's the red pill. And so okay. I proverbially, I, I take that pill every day where I'm working <laughs> on reducing the stress, improving my health, trying to drive and create more wealth, and then in the end, create a, a lasting legacy. So that is what it means. Yeah. The movie, the documentary from 1999 that changed my life, and I'm sure many others, started this conversation popularize this conversation that you can do something other than what you've been programmed to do. And that is for me, probably the cherry on the top of the ice cream sundae. It's the fact that you have a choice. And I think so few people accept or realize or embrace this concept of choice. I choose no matter what it is. I always have a choice. Yep. You do, and it is every day, and sometimes it's every hour, uh, because 
we can squirrel off in so many directions and then realize, oh, I'm being unproductive right now. I am not going after significance. I've mired myself down. I've got a limiting belief, whatever. Each of us uh, sabotages ourselves in different ways. So we have to take the pill yet again, maybe midday or maybe tomorrow morning because uh, it's a choice. I love that. We're never victims, are we? You can be, right? And this is the part that I laugh <laughs> That's true. about. You can do that. Right? So we, we, uh, you talked about the storyboard. I was like, man, I wonder if I can plug this in. And you just gave me the perfect opportunity. And so there are four characters in every story, the guide, the hero, the villain, and the victim. Yep. And you, as the main character, are either the victim or the hero in every scene of the space. Yep. You can also be the villain, but you're usually the villain to somebody else unless you're doing something to hurt yourself. But the hero or the villain, you get to choose in every situation which place you're going to adopt. And so if you're the hero, it looks like you're taking action. It looks like you have interest in the outcome. So you've got high motivation and you're actually taking action against it. The victim does the opposite. They don't have an interest in influencing or changing the outcome. They're just letting it happen to them. And they don't take action. They just kind of wait mm. and sit. Yeah. And that's where people have the regrets, I think, at the end of their life. It's not the actions they took that didn't go right. It's the ones they didn't take because they just let life happen. Mm. Don't want that to be said of me someday. <laughs> well, you know, I think we all get a chance to review what happened at the end of this ride. <laughs> yes. Well, let's talk teams for a bit, Jerome, because we're only as successful as the teams wrapped around us, right? Those five people. And uh, if you have a big team, it's even more than five people that you've wrapped around you. You have an, uh, you said an unconventional approach for inspiring teams to own their outcomes. Tell us more. Yeah. And so we, we talked about the leader being open or willing to share what's yes. going on. Yep. This includes sharing the struggles. And okay. so when we come in and we say, hey, we've got this vision or we've got this goal, I don't exactly know how we're going to get there. I'd like to invite you in the process of creating the plan and the strategy on how we're going to accomplish this. Assuming that you believe, and it's your choice whether or not you believe, that this is the mission that we should go on. And if you don't want to go on the mission, that's fine. We can find something else where you do or you can leave. Mm -hmm. But for those who are committed to creating this outcome, we want you engaged in the process of developing the plan on how we're going to get there. And when you invite them into the planning process and then empower them, to go do the things that we've come up with the plan because it's the, it's, the, it's the sheet of music that we're all singing from, you get a very different approach from somebody who comes in and says, all right, here's what we're doing today. Here's what we're going to do. Johnny, you got this. Barbara, you got that. Frank, you're going to do this. <laughs> yeah. My father was uh, in the military. Ah, my mom yes. would remind him when he came home that he was no longer uh, First Sergeant Myers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listeners, you didn't see. I just saluted uh, Jerome because that's that's what a follower does, right? Just tell me what, what I'm going to do today. And I'm just going to do it. No passion behind aye, that. Aye. Yeah, no passion behind that. No buy-in behind that. No no um, discretionary uh 
effort that you want to give when it's told to you like that. You got to invite them in the process because people help support what they help co-create, right? So I think that's the magic of what you're saying there is uh, I was part of that plan and now, gosh, I guess I'm invested. <laughs> I better not let my team down. Mm-hmm. Well, last couple of questions for you, Jerome. What do you want to promote for our listeners' personal leadership development? And then how can a listener best contact you if they wanted to follow up with you? Yeah, the listeners can get a free copy of our book if they go to itookthereadpill.co forward slash B-O-O-K. And okay. there they will get a deeper dive on the six levels that we've talked about today. They also find out why the rules aren't real. Um, the things that we learned about being an owner and a number of other tidbits that I think will absolutely help them go to the next level. And it's always my deepest hope that they find something in the pages as they turn them that helps them achieve or accomplish the dreams that they seek for. And the best place to go to find out more about what us and what's going on at our company is going to JeromeMyers.co. There you can find out all of the different rabbit holes you can run down with us and see how deep they actually go. <laughs> and I've been to that site. So listeners, do take advantage of that. Jerome, thanks so much for the time you spent with us today. We're better as a result of it and uh, have a fantastic next year as well. Paul, the same to you, brother. If there's anything I can do to help you on your journey, please don't hesitate to let me know. Thank you. So I've got some takeaways from Jerome today. We talked about uh, at at the core, at the very outset, that leaders and all of us need to be centered where we're the same in our home or same in the community as we are in the workplace. There's no need to adapt. I accept my own weaknesses and we don't have to do that. I am who I think you think I am and then behave in a non-authentic way. We, uh, we heard Jer- Jerome say things like, when is the last time you've stepped back and reflected on your programming? Because you're just going to keep repeating that like Groundhog Day the next day. You're going to keep getting that outcome until you change the program. And then when you aren't doing something you're passionate about, guaranteed burnout. Wow. So you want to make sure you're doing rewarding work. You're interested, inspired in that. The GFT podcast is all about putting practical tips from my guests into action for your personal leadership development. And remember, if you learn something and you don't put it into action within 72 hours, those valuable gems are going to start slipping out of your brain until they lose their value to your life. Hey, check out my five books, The Static Cling Principle, Maximizing Every Minute, Leading the Team You've Always Wanted, Leading with Super Vision, and Leading Through the Dark Waters of Conflict. They're all on my website, growingforwardservices.net. Thank you for listening to episode 52. Please spread the word about this podcast to those in your circle of influence who are hungry to grow forward in their lives. I'm going to be taking a break from recording episodes for a while, but You and those to whom you refer GFT, you can still access these 52 podcasts on the Voice America Business Channel. Remember, you must lead yourself well before you can lead your team well. And until next week or the next time we talk, keep growing forward. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Grow Forward Today. Remember to visit Paul's website for more tools that you can use at growingforwardservices.net. Join us again for another edition very soon on the Voice America Business Channel. 